Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Phenomenal Podcast Experience live in New York City, inside 368, in the gaming station studio podcast arena. <laughs> my name is Sam Sheffer. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Dylan Shine. And today we have an astute young scholar of the technology world. He needs absolutely no introduction. Give it up for Marquez Brownlee. Let's... Let's give it up for Marquez, live, in studio. Glad to be here. Marquez, um, it's pretty nice outside today. We got lucky with this weather, it's right? It's beautiful, and I heard tomorrow's going to be nice, too. And, and then we have that hurricane going. We have a yeah. hurricane that switches up. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like, I mean, yesterday was like hot and muggy, but it's, I mean, we were inside all day anyway. Today's great. But um, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming, and thanks for enduring the New York City traffic. Um, and to those on YouTube, thank you for joining. Thank you for watching live. And if you're listening to this live back, Wonderful. Glad to have you. So today on the Phenomenal Podcast Experience, we're going to talk about the Google event yesterday that happened in New York. And Dylan, we always have a, like a kind of like a thesis or like a question, right? That I, is think, like, I think is coming into this, we really didn't for this particular one. I, I, I definitely think that, you know, it's kind of this time of year where a bunch of these large companies are putting out season, their, right? you know, smart hardware season, as you, as you will. So yeah. I think maybe... Not necessarily we have to go through a comparison, but it's definitely something in the back of our minds that we can take into consideration when, you know, Apple a couple, you know, four weeks ago put out their phone, Google and yesterday. The, and there's just so many more. More and, coming and, on the pipeline. And yeah. so yesterday was the Google Pixel 3 event in New York City. Marquez was there. I was there. Marquez, you have the Pixel XL. Yes, right? sir. In, in all black, right? All black. And all black. of its notchiness. All black, everything. And all, and all of its notchiness. And all its notch right? And I have the uh, the regular Pixel 3 on the table in white. Okay. Um, so let's like, let's talk about the event, right? Yeah, so I guess, like, since I wasn't there, you guys probably have a much better picture. <clears throat> what was it like, not only being there, but I guess what was your first initial impressions given the three similar, new products that came out? Yeah, similar to other Google events I've been to, um... A lot of YouTubers there, which is awesome to see. And yeah. Not every company embraces the YouTube tech scene the way they do, so they did that wonderfully. Uh, so a lot of friends there. They kind of trolled slash teased everyone for the past couple of days, sort of embracing the fact that everything we know about the phone, everything we knew about that announcement, had leaked. Uh, the day before they put out this tweet about like, so you think you know. And they literally ripped YouTuber videos and were like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you think you know? I mean, in, in their defense, yes, everything leaked, but we did get some little <clears throat> software surprises, right? Like the, the so, night mode thing. So and... I'd, I've been briefed a couple weeks before the event on mm -hmm. all the hardware, all the software features, and the couple of extras that weren't the phone. So the new tablet, uh, the new the, Google Home Hub. Yep. Every single thing was leaked. 100% of what was in my video was leaked. Yeah. So it was kind of funny to me seeing that, like, you think you know tweet? I was like, oh boy, really? That's what you're gonna. <laughs> and, it, and it got a lot of traction from what I of saw. Of course, a couple I know, because there's there's plenty of. Uh, it's always fun to just conspiracy con, con, conspire conspire That's to conspire around events like this and what might or might not show up. Uh, but they they had to play up the hype because how else are you gonna do it if you're Google? Uh, but this was this was the first time. No, they had they've done hardware in New York before. They I have. Feel like wasn't there one year that there was a hurricane and they had to cancel the event? Do you remember that? That did happen. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago, I think. But that that, that did happen. Because I O is always in Mountain View. So I O is always Mountain View, and they have done hardware events also in California, but they also have regularly done stuff here mm -hmm. in New York. Which and is this cool. is not by any means your first Google 
no. your, like hardware event, right? Yeah, yeah. This is one of many, and I thought this one was great. It's a new location. They haven't done it at that spot before, which yeah. is cool. But yeah. The pretty, seats pretty were a little bit uncomfortable. I know it's something <laughs> ridiculous to complain about, but it I was agree like with you. There, there was like these. It was like these wooden benches with like these pads on them, right? Yeah. And you were like, I was on, on like a prop thing yeah. that was clearly not a seat. But it was then definitely had like for, for someone to like stand up and like take photos on. It was yeah. definitely like a stool or something. But I thought it was cool that the screens came together in the beginning. I took because nice I was touch. like, crap, where do I sit? Like on the right or the left? No uh, Sundar though. That he was interesting. He doesn't do. Does I feel like he's announced hardware before. He has, and there's other people that also weren't there that have also announced hardware that I found curiously absent. But mm. they still announced it all sort of, sort of the same way they usually do, which is go through you know the little history of how last year's Pixel did, and here's how much people loved it, and now here's what we're doing new with this year. And so it was yeah. Pretty but I, I think to your point, like everything leaked. So yeah. like ev I mean. If you pay attention <clears throat> at all, like everyone in the audience kind of knew what was coming already, right? Yep. It's hard to keep things under wraps in 2018 from you know these humongous manufacturers, but let's talk about, you know, we got Pixel 3, Pixel 3 XL, Google Home Hub, Google Pixel Slate. Slate. Mm -hmm. And also the new Chromecasts were on the table. I don't know if you saw yeah. them. But wasn't even mentioned at the keynote. Wasn't even at mentioned all. at the keynote. But it's new. Same price, same functionality, slightly updated internals, new color. So, so I guess, I guess, despite <laughs> so despite yeah. all the leaks, were there anything that really like came out that impressed you? Despite like kind of it all being on the table before you even walked in the door. Yeah, what I will say is their presentation was very different. Their presentation to like a uh, press was like they'll tell you what the feature is, and then they'll give you a demo of how it works, and then you can decide whether you think it's significant or not and show it. Um, I really like their demo of Top Shot on stage where they had that little video that they played which is about 30 seconds of like people missing the shot really well done it kind of reminded me of when they did uh, I think we mentioned this earlier that commercial about Google Photos where they have unlimited online storage the, the modals popping up on iPhones you just like, keep out running storage. out of storage that's like that's that's a great presentation so they they nailed that for Top Shot and watching it in the audience I was like that was really good that's going to be a commercial on TV, and Grandma's going to love that. <laughs> I really like that. Um, so, yeah, the presentation's always fun, just as it unwinds. Even though we know what they're going to say, it's yeah. kind of cool to see how they package it. Not to, like, get super, super far into, like, the details, but how, how does Top Shot work? Is it just burst mode? Because I still haven't figured it out. Well, Essentially, yes. Uh, when you open the camera app, it begins a rolling buffer of full-resolution images. And when you hit the shutter button because it's already doing that rolling buffer, you get instant shutter. And so as soon as your finger touches the screen, you're getting one of those buffered like images. But you also have a bunch of others in the span of time a little before and a little after you took that photo. So you don't have to do burst? You don't have to do burst. Okay. Any photo you take, it's you always it rolling buffer. Right so I have this, have yeah. It. Okay. So it might, basically the, the Top Shot feature is using machine learning or AI or whatever, looking at the photo you did take and realizing something might be better about one of the near buffer photos. Maybe someone's face is better exposed or they're not blinking or their hair didn't blow you know, in front of something. So that uh, is just an implementation of like taking advantage of the fact that they have a rolling buffer. Right, and like yeah. their machine learning algorithm I'm, I'm, is, yeah. I'm kind of curious how you, that would be affected the, the battery of the phone. You know, if you're, if you're <clears throat> having your phone open, most of the time I feel like people are interfacing with their camera like, buffering all those photos it's Google like an, has, it's a pretty they have intensive a, they have a special chip inside the phone right 
They have a special yes. dedicated <coughs> image signal processing chip, right? And I know Apple does as well. Apple I, does as I'm well not too. sure physically, like technically what the differences are between them, but so far it hasn't had a big issue with battery. My bigger concern actually, which I'll talk about in one of my newer videos is memory. Cause you obviously you don't keep all those buffer. It's a rolling buffer and you kind of throw out the old frames, mm -hmm. but I have a bug in mind where I'll, I could probably replicate it right now where I'm playing music and I open the camera and I take a photo and within two seconds, the music stops playing in the background and the app disappears. So essentially it's a memory overload and you're so hoping there'd be more memory like, on the device. Yeah, rolling buffer and taking photos in the Pixel camera app seems to be very memory intensive. Makes sense. If, mm, despite yeah. how large the photos are, if you're taking them at max resolution and you're buffering, I don't know how many individual photos it is, but I could imagine that all that is being like put, pretty much put on the RAM and it's gonna the operating system is gonna decide, hey, you're using the camera app, but you're not actively using the music app. Let me yeah. shut down the yeah. music app. Yeah, like it's going to prioritize one thing exactly. and kind of like, yeah. iOS works in a very similar way. Yeah. Let's let's kind of properly recap this event before we get too like into <laughs> the weeds. So, We're in the weeds. So, <laughs> uh, so Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL, whatever, they're like, not, they're not $1,000 phones. They're, well, they're at like, the top, it's $999. You, you know, can it's, get it's, it. It can get there. 128 gig edge. XL is 1000 bucks, but they start at $799, $899. Okay. Only yeah. the... 128 is their high end? Yeah. So what does it start at? 32? 64. 64 and 128? That's it, two sizes? That's it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And there is white, black, and then this like really cool, not pink. It's like, <laughs> it's like sand. It's like a coral sand. Yeah. Sand. What's, what's, what's your, fa I'm guessing the black one is your favorite. So right? I, no I, panda this year. Yeah, no panda. I mean, <laughs> so the the black and white look as it looks right now on your on What's your gadget bad? camera uh, is the closest you're gonna get to panda because you do have that that black bezel on the front and the sort of contrast on the sides. But Google's sticking with what I love is that colored power button. On the white phone, it's a mint colored power button, and on the on the not pink, it's a this bold orange color. You like that? I remember you. That was like so, one of the things you picked out. I like the accent power buttons and Google's not alone in doing this. I love that. But it's the accent color you pick that can make or break like me liking it or not. I'm not a big fan of the mint button. Mm -hmm. I like that they're doing an accent button. I would love a red button on that white phone. I don't know if they're ever going to do that, but is there can you customize anything with Pixel when you get it? Uh hardware-wise? Yeah. Like can you choose the color of your button, for example? No, you just get one of the 3 so Google picks sizes. it for you, not like the Moto Mod stuff where you can oh, like no, customize no. the crap. Yeah, nobody is letting you pick the color of the button, but they're all messing around with different colored accent buttons, mm -hmm. which is cool. So obviously, like you want the MKBHD version. What about what about <laughs> red on the black? I would love that. Yeah. Or even a white button. Like I maybe I'm biased because I like red, black, and white, but that's yeah. kind of <laughs> or what or I'd be what into. happened? They they did the the red Nexus Five. It was uh, it. Remember that. Red Nexus 5. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. and it was what black on the front. To, yeah, yeah, what happened to the, red Google phones? Yeah. There's a lot of phones I miss their uh, style. Yeah. yeah, that's one of them. So Pixel 3, Pixel 3 XL, smartphones, they're here. Uh, we'll talk about them more in depth. But then we got <laughs> this laptop hybrid. They're continuing to battle, fight this uphill battle against Apple and their domination with the iPad. Yep. I, I mean, what are your thoughts on this thing? That's the first thing I thought when I saw it is, well, iPad Pro is gonna eat this alive. In, I mean, 
there's also in, a rumored event this month we're going to see new iPad Pros. Right, so. and that's going to make it even more difficult. Yeah, so if you look at, uh, obviously, the iPad Pro's got so many things going. I don't want to rant about iPad Pro, but the 120 hertz display, they're going to get Face ID, thinner bezels, the A12 oh, the chip, iPad all this Pro stuff. Has ProMotion, right? Yeah, it has a, that's, so we've been talking about at the studio, like, well, I wonder, like, would people have really been into this Pixel Slate? keep forgetting the name pixel slate <laughs> if it had a 120 hertz display or like just one of the features we're expecting ipad to get and it just doesn't it's chrome os it runs android it runs android apps it's really great for a lot of people but as soon as you put it head to head against an ipad pro it's tough so yeah it exists it has a really cool 200 dollars keyboard accessory it's with a great circular buttons with circular buttons which they tried to tell us over and over again are better faster than uh <laughs> regular keys we'll have to see uh, I'm just a fan of the fact that the magnet in the back lets you put it at any angle. That was cool. That was, that was pretty cool. cool. But it's 200 bucks. So on top of the already $600 starting price, which is a Celeron chip, and you probably don't want to start there, uh, you're, you're looking at a $800 tablet plus specking up to whatever you want. Um, screen is great. I'll give it that. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite part. 3K by 2K, really high res, bright, beautiful, contrasty mm -hmm. display. Fantastic to watch videos on, probably great to game on, but aside from that, it's just kind of a questionable buy. Right, it comes down, I think, to an ecosystem choice, right? Like, how embedded are you? You know, do you already have some sort of Mac or iOS device? Are you, you know, do you not really care? Because I feel like when people are buying those devices, they like to have some sort of sync between all of them. Most people use Google these days, I would say. I most think people most people use Google. I think what like Apple for Gmail. What Apple has mm -hmm. failed at and what Google has conquered is, is email and services. And so yeah. from your initial reaction when you actually went to Mountain View and got to use it versus yesterday, was there yeah. any differences or was it kind of like the same feel as it related to how the operating system felt when you were doing just... Well, that was one of my test. concerns. I kind of left it short in my video. I spent a lot of time with it, but I didn't include it in my video. I, I had maybe one or two shots because two weeks ago, that was the laggiest thing I've ever used. And I, I mentioned it in my video. It was a laggy. Build, right? It was pre-release. It was, it was late prototype, whatever you want to call it. But it was not unusable, but just surprisingly laggy. Uh, Did that happen with your Pixel 2, though? No, 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 this is way worse. Yes, my Pixel 2, <laughs> my Pixel 2 did get kind of laggy and stuttery and, and drop frames right, you made that in video comparison. Like that. I made that video, but this was like, you, you see the, the one clip I put in my Pixel video of like just swiping an app closed, and it was like six frames of like a whole 90, you know, animation. I will say, like, the, I mean, the device I have in particular, it is buttery smooth. The phone's great. The phone is really great. Yeah. I, 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 it's Android P, like the consumer build. That's good to know, though, that they fixed it in the last, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it was, two weeks. Yeah. Um, all right, so Pixel Slate, yeah, I mean, they it probably will not sell like hotcakes, right? Probably like, I don't not. know anyone that's going to camp out for a Pixel Slate. Same, yeah. And then the Pixel <laughs> or Google Home Hub. It's an interesting one. I think it's going to be one of the better ones, honestly. So tiny. I love the price. I think one, a lot of super competitive. 149 for, I think it's a seven-inch screen. It is. And I, I, I realized this last night. Remember the Nexus 7, the 7-inch tablet? Yeah. There's yeah. there's a phone that just like totally unrelated to this. It is a 7-inch phone. 7-inch. That is coming. <laughs> That's pretty We're we approaching are, like, that. What are we doing? So, yeah, 7-inch seven, seven screen tablet. Google Home Hub. It's running some interesting kind of like – it's like a Google Home UI, but it has these like kind of cars. Maybe that's just the demo unit. But who is this for? And – 
how does it compete even against Google's own products? Because you already have the Google Home, the little $130 or whatever, yeah. $99 one, the, the Home Mini, the little donut for $50, and the Home Max for $400, and now there's this thing with the screen and no camera. Also, shots at Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think as with any Google product, you can learn a lot by how they present it, and with this, it seems like they're giving it, they're selling it to a person who has smart home uh, devices already. You already have a Ring doorbell, you already have a Nest, you already have one or two other smart home things, mm -hmm. and this is your hub for all those things, your smart lights, whatever it, okay. whatever it is, and the screen part makes it really useful. So I can always ask my Google Home, what's the temperature upstairs? And then it says 74, and I say set it to 73, and it says setting it to 73, and I just kind of trust that it did it. But on the hub, it's a screen, and you can see what's going on. So you can swipe down, see that it's 74, drag it to 73, done, like if you're in the room. Uh, and the other thing was uh, people who cook a lot. The recipes It's great thing, for kitchen right? recipes, things like that, watching videos. Well, yeah, so. it's, it's like, in my mind, a direct, well, from the, what you had mentioned, the price point, right? It's like almost yeah. in direct competition with like a Echo Show, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, so, and like the Lenovo has their Google Home and, little and so, screen thing. Um, you know, it's almost like it's good on Amazon to sort of like come in with their products at such a low price points because it then puts pressure on the other companies to be like, well, because like for an average consumer, if I'm going to buy an Echo over a Google Home or over well, HomePods, I think it's its own category in itself. <laughs> yeah, um, $50. You have to justify the price point. And I think yeah. for the average consumer, they're just not necessarily going out of their way to really review the tech and to understand all the capabilities. Yeah. And so we kind of benefit from that because you're going to get all the intelligence R&D of Google into their product. At the at the price point at which Amazon is going to sell their product, yeah, whether it's better or worse is up to debate. But I, I think I think though, like to your point and Marquez's <coughs> point about like there's people that kind of are in this kind of in between phase of their smart home where they have this device and this one, and I think what Google wants to do is like you buy this hundred fifty dollar device, it talks to everything, you yeah. can talk to this, it has a screen, it is like your companion now yeah. to bring it all together. So, and, and you think $150 is priced well? Yep, yeah. I think it's, it's lower than I, well actually I guess it on the nose, but I, I think it's lower <laughs> than most people would probably expect to spend on something like that. So okay. the original Google Home was 150, right? Yep. And so then now I get a screen on top of it and yeah. a speaker. And, and I bet that. that they'll do whatever bundles they do or holiday discounts. They'll get something. it for 99 bucks yes. with the Pixel or yeah, whatever yeah, they do. Something yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL, thumbs up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You I might call say. it a 2S, whatever. Like, it's not a massive, if you have a Pixel 2, if, oh, it's, not, if it's not lagging or freaking out or anything, you probably don't need to upgrade unless mm -hmm. you saw something that really caught your eye in software mm -hmm. that's not coming to Pixel 2, but uh, I'd say thumbs up, it's a good phone. You rocking this thing now. I am. You put your SIM in there. My SIM card is in Pixel 3 XL, black on and, black. And for people that are watching or listening, um, Marquez, do you think this is like the one of the best Android phones you can get right now? One of the best, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it is it's the, the purest. It, it's the best camera you can get in a phone. Okay. Period. And I know that's going to be up for debate in the next <laughs> couple <laughs> months and weeks. We'll find that out. Yeah. We'll we'll test it. We'll put it side by side against the iPhone. It's going to get this night mode. It's going to get updated. But just my first very very first impressions are damn this camera's good mm -hmm. so that's great mm -hmm. um software experience is going to be very googly if you use a lot of google services it's nice uh and very smart and helpful just thanks to things like 
call have you tried call screen yet no i that was uh, not though I've have you tried it many times <laughs> and it works i've gotten yeah i've gotten phone calls and it's great like you i got to say like uh scam likely when it comes up so it already did that and it will still say that if it thinks the scam is likely but if i just get a random number the other i think a couple hours ago i got like a texas number like a 530 number i don't know what it was i just instinctively instinctively hit call screen i was like i don't care and what but was like, that experience like so basically it starts by showing you what the assistant is saying it says hey the person you've used you called is using a google assistant to screen calls wait wait, wait. it's a voice talking to the it's duplex yeah, it's, duplex. it's google like assistant answering the phone for you so it does that, and it shows a live like transcription in, in of the, what the it's saying. Chick's voice. Hi, you. Da, da, da. You can pick either. You can pick the female or the male. <laughs> I have a male assistant on my phone in particular. So if you call me, you'll get like the male phone saying, "Hey, you, the person you've called is using a Google Assistant to screen their calls. Uh, please leave your name and why you're calling." And uh, I found a lot of people hang up at that point. But if they don't, then I can see exactly what they're saying transcribed in real time as they're saying it. If it's someone saying, hey, this is a delivery guy. I yeah, just wanted to know if you're home. I can pick up right there and say, hey, uh, yeah, I'll come downstairs in a second. But if it's, hey, uh, you just want a free cruise to eh. It's that wow. easy. So uh, it's, I've used it a couple of times and wow. it's pretty great. And that's exclusive to the Pixel, right? Pixel 3, yeah. It's coming later to other Pixels. But, but still, right now it's Pixel 3. And and. I want to just hit on this a little bit. Remember the Google Play edition oh, of phones? Fondly. Yeah. Are, is that ever coming back? Or is Google going to be the only way you can get a pure Android experience, if forget about rooting, is to buy into you know the Google kind of pixel operating system these days, yeah, right? Yeah, I think the, the Google created uh, and curated Google Play edition stuff is yep. over. It's over. But aside from the off chance of a manufacturer like Essential or something like that, True. making a really close to sock Android phone and updating it fast and kind of feeling like a Pixel, mm -hmm. you're probably gonna have to get a Pixel to get. Because that's one Android. of the benefits of, of getting one of these is you are getting updates first, hands down, and they're directly from Google and the Android engineers. Bug not, tested and optimized for your phone. Uh, exactly, yeah. right? So like if someone has an S8, right? Mm -hmm. Or even an S7, are they getting Android P? Yeah, it's gonna be a while, right. if ever. Or if ever. Because like the, the work that they have to put in often looks like it's not worth it to them. Yeah. Like as much as we complain at the enthusiast level, like 99 out of 100 people don't know what version of an OS they have. They just <laughs> yeah, know they bought true. a Galaxy S9 and it has Android and that's what they bought. That's what they signed up for. So if it gets a software update, I know people who actively avoid software updates because it changes things they don't like about the phone. Right. Even on iPhones, they do that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, people at you know Verizon and Samsung or whatever see that and they're like, all right, can we should we spend all this money and have to bug test and optimize and do all this while we're working on other phones and then get it approved by the carrier and then try to push it to everyone? Yeah, true. Probably not worth it. True. That's so how I see it. so Pixel Three has I, I was using it all day yesterday. Um, one uh, and I want to kind of talk about this at length a little bit. <laughs> I I noticed that the the on-screen preview is way worse often than the photo you take. Like when you're looking at the screen and you hit shoot and then you look at the photo and it does this little processing thing, right. the photo looks so much better than it does in the preview. Oh yeah, well, they're applying 100%. all that. 
So like yeah, that, that like usually with the iPhone, right? What you see is what you get. Yeah. Like the camera is on. You see, it's like a live feed. You click go. You look at it. It's exactly what you were just seeing. Yep. With the Pixel, I was like taking pictures against the sun and like at having the sun in the background of someone, and it was like really blown out. Didn't look good. And then you shoot the photo and look at it, and you're like, holy crap, this is great. Mm -hmm. I just found that was weird. That it's just yeah. a ton of post-processing. That's once, probably what it yeah, is, Yeah, right? once the photo's yeah. taken, it gets and then thrown it kind through of, a bunch then, of bunch of And it literally algorithm. has like a little progress bar on the bottom. That's well, yeah, because yeah. the phone is... There is a lot of processing going on with Pixel Photos, same as last year. Yeah. And I, I found that I was okay to wait for it because it would turn out that much better. Okay, that, yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. Like iPhones, you hit it and it's, and it's, it's like, yeah, you, what you saw is what you got. Yeah. yeah. So so there's, there's the night site they're calling it right, which is not out yet, mm -hmm. which is, uh, talk about that for a sec, Marquez, night well, sight. Well, yeah, so they showed it on the, in their presentation, it was a side-by-side -side of a nighttime photo with uh, iPhone XS and Pixel 3. That was crazy, they took a the, the photos, shot. yeah, I love that. I feel like that's <laughs> happening more. I could talk for a while about that, but <laughs> yes, they directly called out iPhone XS and they showed a seemingly pretty dark, grainy, soft, noise-reduced photo from an iPhone. And then a side by side of this, like, holy crap, it's like daytime in this photo, like a bright, nice looking shot of the same thing from Pixel 3. Um, and that's again probably gonna stack up kind of like what we saw with uh, P20 Pro with a lot of other phones that have a night mode that's just doing a lot of noise reduction and a lot of post processing. Uh, so that'll be fun to see. It's not in the phones now. That's coming, I don't know when, but hopefully really soon. In a soon. software update later. In a software update later soon. Later down the line. Colin, if you can go to the gadget cam real quick, um, uh, tell me if that exposure is okay. But, um, you have the side-by-side? -side? Yeah, I have yeah. The, I took the photo. I was, I was shocked that they did this. <laughs> um, I mean, it's basically like uh, uh, the shadows are way better. This, I think the sky is like more pronounced in a sense um but there's your kind of side by side what google showed on screen on stage yesterday i was literally in the audience being like are you kidding me right now like that is a real yeah. a real <clears throat> shot at apple for that especially because the iphone 10s came out three weeks ago and they yeah. put it in a presentation for the new flagship phone i'm impressed i'm yeah. impressed i mean they and that's the other thing is another small tidbit i had a small conversation with a google engineer someone in charge of photos mm -hmm. And he was giving me side-by-sides of Pixel 2 and Pixel 3, which I haven't done yet, but that's what uh, he was showing me. And a lot of it was just in like, like local tone mapping of like just, because they already do so much HDR. Mm -hmm. But if you take a photo of like a person with a, sort of a dull background and take it on Pixel 2, it'll look pretty cool. But on Pixel 3, you basically just see the person and the subject a little bit brighter and more popping. Is that because of HDR enhanced? That's that because of HDR, and that's also like local tone mapping. Google recognizes this is the subject, this is a human face, this is a dog. I need to make this a little brighter. Interesting. So, so there is so much processing going a on. A lot. Another thing to like on that note, it's just Google. I can't. Every single product, you always hear the buzzword machine learning, and I think it's all coming back to this idea that they are leveraging software and software more and more in their products, in hopes to bring you essentially like a better experience as it relates to like Google Duplex, as it relates to how their camera is, is essentially their optimizing. Their whole marketing campaign right now is make Google do it, right? Yep. Like yeah. make Google do it for you. They, they want to be like the consumer kind of like 
grandma that like, oh, I have a smartphone. It knows, you know, that I have a flight today and tells me when to leave and like all yep. that kind of stuff. And, and as scary me, as that is. <laughs> and shows me pictures of my grandson that I just took on my Pixel phone. Like, you know, they, they, they kind of want to be the, you know, everyday kind of for the everyday consumer. So we have the night site, the top shot we talked about earlier. Did you see this? Um, I have it now <laughs> after I had to update the camera software. You take a uh, photo in portrait mode and then you can like decolorize it where the subject stays in color yeah. and then the background gets black and white. It's like those apps in the app store, yeah. but cool it works effect. pretty well. I'm just like, it's cool that Google is, you know, with Apple, the camera app is so stock. Like you can't even change the resolution inside the camera app. It's buried in the settings. Yeah. But with the you know the Google camera, they're they're putting a lot of features there, and then there's all the, all their augmented reality. Yeah, the stuff. AR integration looks Childish really cool. Childish Gambino, <laughs> just Iron dancing Man, in the background of your photo. Sure, sure. Yeah, why, why not? not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and I was using my Pixel all day. Battery seemed to be pretty good, and then. I, when I picked up the Pixel, I think it feels great. I'm still surprised the back is glass. Fingerprints mm -hmm. into, fingerprint reader's in a good place. Um, how do you feel about the new software gestures, Marquez? Because it's Android P, kind of uh, this new sort of gesture, right? Oh, Colin, let's get some yeah. gadget cam going. Let the half just, swipe. I'm clean. Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit confusing because... Um, I think it's gonna be the hardest part for grandma to get. <laughs> so sure. and trouble, also calling yeah. me on gadget cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So also it says, welcome to your new pixel. So it's a half swipe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then your apps are like in there, but like the software back button is goes away. Remember Android always had like back and then back multitasking and, and yeah. So it's, it is, oh, I'm getting notified like hell right now, but <laughs> um, so it's like you, you kind of push that button for the Google assistant or you can squeeze for the Google assistant. And then you do this half swipe to, and then the multitasking tray is up there. So like, if you're not used to Android, you know, it might come as a surprise for you. Like this operating system and kind of like UI looks vastly different to the S9, for example. Yep. Right? Yeah. And I mean, we can, you know, talk in circles about Android and, and the state of Android, but um, Pixel 3 main phone for now. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah the the gestures I think is my least favorite part of Android Pie Android mm -hmm. Nine, mm -hmm. but yeah, so far uh, getting used to it. Mm -hmm. So I think the event was cool. I think that people are gonna buy the Pixel. Like if they're, I bet even if if uh, I'm willing to say that if you're a Pixel Two owner, then you know like more than the average person, and you'll probably get the Pixel Three, right? Like if you bought the Pixel Two you know that the Pixel 3 is going to come out a year later. It's yeah. the same same song every single year. Um, but I'm impressed with it so far. I'm not going to put my SIM card in there because I'm afraid of iMessage hell mm. and <laughs> getting getting stuck in this yeah. in this deep portal. But um, camera's, camera's really good so far. Like I said, I was playing around with it yesterday. Like I, we took a tour of Google and we got some really good rooftop shots. And then I went to the Florence and Machine concert taking pictures there. Um, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. It is pretty damn good, and then we'll have to wait and see for like the side by side comparisons and all that stuff. Um, what are your What are your What are your initial uh, impressions as it compares to the iPhone XS and XS Plus versus I, Pixel? I, I think Pixel that, XL? I mean the from a sheer hardware perspective, this device feels better in my hands. 
I just I'm so over the huge screens. Like you have pretty big hands, Mark has. Like yeah, it's different. Like, but remember remember iPhone <clears throat> iPhone three G days and three and a half inch screen. Tiny iPhone phones. four days, tiny yeah. phones, right? And it was like, oh my God, the HTC Incredible, the Droid Incredible has a four point three inch screen. Oh I my God. I remember the days. I remember the days where every phone that came out had a four point three or a four point five inch screen, and they were like, you're pushing it. You're pushing it. That's that's a huge screen. And then somebody went over and made like a 5.1 inch screen. They're like, all right, there it is. We've hit the limit. And I feel like every year we hit another number where it's like, all right, that's pretty are ridiculous. Just, are we just going to keep? <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen? Will there be a regression and we all have so tiny phones? I'm, I make this stupid prediction every year and I'm wrong every year where I'm like, <laughs> this is it. We can't get any bigger. And then, uh, and then we shrink the bezels a little more and it's like, all right. Like what I would have told you. I'm pretty sure I made a video about this, like the based around what's the perfect screen size for a smartphone. Like you got to be able to touch all four corners, and if it's all screen, whatever, you got a little bezel on the top and bottom. That's like a five point something inch screen. And then we got to these, but that was before we got rid of bezels. So we had a five point whatever inch iPhone, but it had these huge bezels, this top chin and whatever. So then we got the bezelless iPhone. So then it was like, well, maybe we can go a little bigger, and it's still mostly screen, so it's cool. So like five point eight. This is 5.8, right? And then the, yeah. the 10s Max is 10s Max 6. is 6. Point, uh, is it 6.5? I think it's so. something like that. And this is 6.3. And it's just both. like <laughs> how much more is screen? That a max? Yeah, and it's like uh, I think we're gonna start seeing. I thought that when we started getting rid of bezels, that was our cue to start shrinking phones again. Like the whole size of the phone can start going back down around the same size screen but they keep making the screen bigger to fill the body of the phone. I see what you're you saying. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, so instead of shrinking the body, right, yeah. to meet the bezels, to meet the screen, you you take less of the chin and the forehead. But yeah. instead, instead we're going the stretching in the body. So like we had iPhone 8 Plus, which was just a huge phone. Yeah. And then we have this 10s Max, which is the same size, but they just stretched it to fill instead of shrinking. I was hoping for a smaller, mm -hmm. I think, not personally, but I was assuming we'd have room for a smaller iPhone 10. And a and a, a max is just, just and then, gratuitous. And the ten R is is six point one inches. I think it's that's this weird in right. between size. This yeah. is five point eight, then that's six point one, and then the max is six point five. Yeah. I just not to like completely <clears throat> derail what we were talking about. We can we can move on from the pixel stuff, but I just I don't understand this desire for such big phones. Like Well the the benefits are real. Like yes. the media experience is dope. Gaming is great. Like there are real benefits to a bigger screen and that's what they'll advertise. And cause like, you know, a smaller screen is just like, oh, it's easier to hold. And that's not like a great selling feature. So they don't really talk about that much. So if you want to sell a phone, you go all out. Big, beautiful Massive, display. the yeah. best display ever. Galaxy Note 9 has the best display I've ever seen in a phone. Uh, but it's just a hard phone to use cause it's so big. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough balancing act. I, I hope, I, I just, I hope. I, I think one thing before we leave that note is that for both Google and Apple, as it relates to the 10s and the 10s plus and the <laughs> pixel and pixel XL, like the internals are very much the same, like the processor. And so essentially what you're asking a customer is to essentially buy a larger phone. But of course that processor and the graphics, what, not, what have you like has to draw that many extra pixels. Like not to say that there is that much of a, um, worse experience is probably a really bad way of putting it but it's i find it really interesting that they've gone this route of not upgrading the internal hardware it's just more so the screen and the battery itself yeah 
um, and I'd like to see like more of more discrepancy as it relates to the give of the hardware between like the essentially like the two flagship products and the different size. The only thing that's different is the actual screen size. I, yes, I feel like yes, I'm not getting any well, more bang for my buck as it relates to the actual processor that's in it, RAM size. But on the other hand, it makes it look the small phone look really good. You could say uh, I'm not getting enough out of the bigger phone, yeah. but you could say, well, if I got the same specs and the bigger and the smaller, that makes the smaller phone look really good, like it's overpowered. Yes. So I like that we have small flagships that are actually keeping up with their big counterparts. It's like, what... it's not forcing me to buy the big phone as much, that's just my personal bias as I like a bigger screen. Sure. But like the Pixel 2 or Pixel 3 has all the same internal specs and cameras and everything that's great about the bigger Pixel minus the notch in the bigger screen. So I'll just go with the smaller one. So and, and But that is a, that is a departure from what used, yeah. I say used to be as in a year or two ago. Used to be you minus got, a like, gig of RAM. Like iPhone 7, one camera. Yeah. 7 Plus, <gasps> two, two cameras, cameras, more RAM. And yeah. now it's like, no, they're literally the exact, besides battery and screen size, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the notch? Does it bother you? It does and doesn't. <laughs> it does and doesn't. And I, I can explain because... As a person who's just using the phone, just like as you know, tweeting, taking pictures, like scrolling, whatever, regular I don't notice it. And if you if you play or if you look at the UI, it's always hiding the notch. They're ashamed. Like that's just not not ashamed. Like, yeah. not, <laughs> but like they do not notch. embrace the notch. They mm -hmm. hide it every chance they get. It's. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also talking about this in my next video where they, if you if you look through your apps, half of them just cut the notch entirely. The other half just have like a color matching bar. You don't really gain or lose anything. Uh, on the iPhone, a lot of apps will like go up into that corner area. Like in Maps, if you zoom in, it'll go in the corners. Um, Android, not so much. So, but as a so on that in that sense, I don't really notice it. But as a video person or as someone who's just looking at a phone, like me, Marquez, who analyzes a new phone and sees this come out, yeah, of course I notice it. It's huge. It's the biggest notch. It's the bathtub notch that <laughs> nobody asked for. <laughs> And you know what, we get a speaker and two cameras, but like, yeah, it is absolutely ridiculously huge and ugly, and I, I do see that. But yeah, again, as a person who just like uses the phone every day, I got used to it so far. Yeah, and it's just, it's funny because Apple was like the first. And then, yeah. And I, I think you made a video about this, like the whole notch thing and bezel-less and that stuff. Do we, are, are we gonna sit here in two years, three years and have a completely, you know, is the notch here to stay for the next five years? Yeah, it kind of feels like it's a, it's a, it's a hurdle. It's a hurdle on the way to like truly bezel-less. Like we saw that, uh, that, have you seen the Vivo Nex, any X phone? Or that, the Oppo Find 10 as well. So the Vivo oh, Nex had like a little pop-up camera. It's just all the, all the front-facing sensors were just one pop-up camera. And so you'd open the camera and a little yes, motorized yes, camera yes, came yes, up. Yes. And then the Vivo Next, which was just like, all right, we want to do full face ID. So we got a dot projector and IR and RGB camera. And they put it all in this mechanism that just, just lifted the oh, back of the top yes, of the phone yes. up. So if you want right now to do fully bezel-less, you need that crutch. It's either a notch or some motorized appearing, you know, part of the phone. Mm -hmm. uh, I think those are hurdles on the way to uh, putting things behind the glass and eventually having bezel-less, like yeah. the tiny little earpiece at the top, fingerprint reader behind the glass in the next couple of years, and then somehow getting a camera hidden oh, well enough behind the glass. It's, it's, it's just, it's not crazy, but 
the fact that Google's smaller phone doesn't have the notch and the bigger phone does, you can't get an iPhone now without a notch in a sense. Uh, and, yeah. Right? Like the flagship <laughs> iPhones, yeah. 10S, 10S Max, 10R. There's no, yeah. I mean, I, I'm holding my breath for a SE or new, like without, but it's, it's strange that Google gives the option to go notch or notchless. Yeah. Which that is, is a, in the Android world, it's actually not unique. There's a couple where there's a big and a small, that a is. pro and a non-pro, whatever, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, where you, you can pick a notch or no notch. But that's kind of what makes it seem like <clears throat> bezel-less is the future of high-end. We want to get to a big bezel-less screen. Obviously, that's the goal. Uh, the smaller phone with the bezels, not even trying. Just, just stay in the past. Like we'll, we'll get there eventually. But the bigger phone is like we're trying. We're gonna, we're gonna get as close as we can. This is like pushing the limits. But you can see there's a crutch. So here's a little notch cut out, or here's a little motorized camera. But we're trying. That's the bleeding edge. Like we'll get there. But if you don't care so much about that, then that's fine. Have, have we reached peak smartphone? <laughs> I think about that a lot. Uh, nah, no. As long as things keep getting tangibly better every year, mm -hmm. um, then I'm still excited. I think the fact that Pixel 3's camera is better than Pixel 2, which I literally didn't think is like I would ever see that. Like all year, Pixel 2 was like, every new phone came out, it was like, well, Pixel 2's still better. Pixel 2's still better. I, I, people call me biased or whatever, but P20 Pro came out and it was got a lot of hype. It, that, 109 DxO mark score. Yeah, I was like, this is it. We're finally getting a better camera. And, and it just did not live up for me anyway. I definitely um, think the software as a whole is going to get better. Like if you look yeah. at the new 10s chip, like they're, they have neural network, like a specific chip related to running neural networks mm -hmm. on the iPhone now. Can yeah. we, can we, I think, you know, like, I just want to explain for the people watching and listening, like you hear all of these buzzwords, machine learning algorithms and, and neural networks and artificial intelligence. Like, is that, is that something that consumers should give a damn about? You know, is yes, that some, yeah, very much so. Okay. Why? Um, I definitely think it's depending on its application. I think, I think, uh, uh sort of like the base example would be like an image classifier, right? Right. So like, you take a photo of a dog. You take a photo of a dog and it knows it's a dog. So as it relates yeah. to like the Google phone and the camera, you can take a picture and it recognizes that it's a human and it and it sees its human characteristics and then sh and, that, and that's, applies that's processing. The yes. Well, it's it's a part it's of both. It's essentially think of think of machine learning as like self learning <laughs> software and that. So the given, more you use it, yes, as a whole, it's a it's a it's a mm -hmm. model that is shaped by its experiences, and you sort of apply rule. We don't have to it's a sentient being. No, I I want the I want the listeners to understand because this is we hear these things at every single keynote. The it's just yeah. Apple, Google, no matter what, AI in your phone now. And it's like who cares and what the <laughs> hell does that mean? Yeah. So there was a line pretty early in Google's event that I think encapsulated it pretty well, which is I think it was when uh, Rick was on stage when he said like. The big advancements we're going to see in smartphones are not just hardware anymore. They're going to be software in step with hardware. Yes. And that's exactly right, because that's what we see with the A12 Bionic and all that improvements with the iPhone's camera, for example. That's what we see with the Google Lens, when it like recognizes not just what the photo is of, but I see text in this photo, and it looks like it's an email address, and it looks like you might want to email this. Here's a link. Just press it, and you're starting a Compose window in Gmail. You could take a picture of like a business card before let's you say. even take the picture. But you just, just open it in. I don't know if it'll work right now, but let's say I have 
there's no if there's an email, <laughs> if there's an email address in my viewfinder it would it would it would give me a little chip to click it and i showed it in my video and it starts a gmail window to compose yeah. an email to that email address and again that's Yes. AI, ML, neural network. Yeah, so it's like image classification, text recognition, stuff like that. And as it becomes more and more integrated with our devices, our like experiences with these devices are going to seem more seamless as it relates to duplex, as it relates to, you know, actual mm -hmm. image quality, mm -hmm. what have you. Um, but yeah, I think that have we peaked out on smartphones? To, from my perspective, to answer your question, no. Like we have this whole realm of software that like is just coming underway. Let me rephrase my question. <laughs> Why do all smartphones look exactly the same? You have that you have that drawer of smartphones, right? Yeah. You open it and all you see are like glass slabs. Glass. Right? Of a black L C D screen. And it's, you literally cannot yeah. tell what phone is which. That's what I mean when like did smartphones peak. Like, remember back in the day you had the LG chocolate. It slid this way, it slides <laughs> that way. You have a sidekick. But then yeah. I mean then we can talk about hard work. Okay, here's a way here's a way of thinking about it that I'm literally just making up in my head as I go. But okay. like they're all racing towards the same thing, which sort of, which, which is like being the ultimate user experience tool to, to assist you every day with everything, right? So I'm imagining like, you know, you, you watch 10 people run a race next to each other and clearly they're moving forward. But if you just look at the 10 people next to each other, it's like they all look like they're doing the same thing. Is this the end? Like no one's won. No one's won the race. Is this peak? Whatever. I don't know. It's a terrible analogy, but like you <laughs> no, see I, this, I get what you're and saying. then like ten seconds later, they're all at a different place on the track, but they're all still next to each other I in a get way. What you're saying. So if you ignore the progress that we've made, like look at a smartphone four years ago. We thought that was peak smartphone, right? Yeah. Now imagine four years from now, like we're still going to be asking ourselves, like, is Man, this all the same? Smartphones in 2022. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to they're going to make these yeah. look pretty dumb, probably. Yeah. I'm hoping the notch is a joke in four years. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. I hope it's just a, a fad. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. All right. I want to I want to kind of move on and talk about some other things. You still haven't tried Magic Leap, right? Have not. You have not tried have Magic not. Leap. Yeah. Do you think that we are moving toward a future and maybe your answer will change after you use Magic Leap of of spatial computing and the idea of computing on a kind of static screen? is going away, right? Like smartphones, <clears throat> it's a screen in your pocket, screen on the wall, screen on a, with a keyboard, like screens, everything is just like a physical screen. Yeah. Do you see a future in which kind of all of your environments are then kind of augmented with, you know, AR and, and spatial computing? So here's what I think. Mm -hmm. um, as a video person, like my goal this is probably super abstract, but let's just go. Let's with hear it. it. Let's hear it. Um, <laughs> my goal, focus. my my general goal as a video maker mm -hmm. is to deliver you the best representation of my real life experience as you can. So when you see that shot of the phone in my hand at eye level, that's to make it look like you're holding the phone in your hand at your eye level. Everything I do in videos is kind of somewhat centered around giving you that experience. And then when you watch it, there's two halves of it. There's the capture part. And then there's the watching part. Why am I talking for so long? There's the watching <laughs> part, which is like you watch it on a screen, like you said, like a flat screen or whatever. That's the best we've got. But then we have these all these VR things and AR things where like now, okay, if I can capture my experience really, really well in VR and you can deliver that experience really, really well in VR, that's better than a video. Now you really feel like 
you're holding the phone, you feel like you're in that room that I was in, if you captured it well enough. So it's not like I think video is going away, but I think video right now is the best we have at delivering experiences. And VR and AR are like the next, next up, even better delivery. When capture gets better, when delivery gets better, Magic Leap is probably great delivery, but we have to capture for it too. When all of that gets better, it will be better than video. And I might as well start making reviews in VR at that point. That's why 360 video is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as, as a super long story short, um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think videos is where we're at right now. And video on screens is how we operate. And I think in a couple years, whatever it is, VR and AR will be good enough to consider better than video for a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good answer. Yeah. You drive the Tesla. I do still kicking ass still kicking every ass no problems with it recently none yeah that's a that's one of the things i think someone asked me a while ago like like you you love your car right you would recommend it i was like yeah never had any problems and then i was like wait no i totally have had <laughs> a lot of problems it was but like it was two very specific <clears throat> things right yeah yeah it was it power was, steering issue yeah the beginning for those unfamiliar i did have my power steering fail mid-turn on a highway that's horrible. Like you, <laughs> if that happens in that's most cars, that's happen. like, I don't want this car ever again. I will not buy anything from this company ever again. Like yeah. you, you see that all the time. I might even sue, yeah. but uh, <laughs> that I, I got it fixed. And like, this car is so good that I just don't care. But it's then so good. Something else happened, right? There something was, else happened. There were two incidents. Well, two of the same incident. It was the same thing. The same thing happened multiple times. And now it hasn't happened. In and it hasn't happened since. So basically okay. the first time it happened, um, I couldn't get it to replicate. They couldn't get it to replicate at the service center. So like I, I had that, I had that, you know, steering problem mid turn, pulled it over, got it towed, uh, spent a couple of days with the loaner car where they looked at it. They fixed what they thought was wrong, which was, I think they just replaced the steering column. Made sense, right? It was a steering problem. Yeah. So I got my car back. It was great. Uh, a couple thousand miles later, it happens again. I was like, okay, that's, that's weird. But I thought it was maybe a winter thing. This is cold weather, maybe mm. some corrosion. Turned out to be, uh, you know, they, again, got me a loader, towed it, towed it, escalated the issue, flew in an engineer, fixed wow. it. It turned out to be a corrosive element in the wiring between the steering column and something else. All right. They, they promised that this is now fixed. If it ever happens again, that's technically a lemon law and they can replace the car. Ooh. So they're confident, obviously, that they fixed the problem. Mm. They have. I haven't had that problem since. Okay. And it's been 40 something thousand miles of just torching people at stoplights. So. <laughs> it's great. And, and, and just so, just so the listeners and, and audience knows, like Marquez has and drives a Tesla. It's like the same way I ride a boosted board. Someone asked in the comments. I don't own a car. I don't have a car in the city. It's crazy to have a car. It wouldn't even make um, sense. But like the same way I ride my boosted board every day, and like I don't go anywhere without my boosted board. Like Marquez drives the Tesla every P100D. And you just updated the software. I saw that it was yesterday oh, yeah. and before the Google event, right? Yesterday like, yeah, morning. Software update. I've been waiting for this software update for so long. So yeah. what, what is the, the deal with that? <clears throat> uh, okay, so it's version nine. So obviously, well, not obviously. If you're unfamiliar with Tesla, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's an electric car and there's really, really high end. So they can push software updates to the car Crazy. and they will change and add features. One of my favorites was they just added uh, just memory seat position. So every time I get in my car, it moves to the same position. Little things like that they can add. So this big version nine software update had a lot of new things in it. Um, 
it basically changed the UI the most. So there's now an app launcher instead of just like a, a row at the top. Um, there's now an Atari game console in the screen, which is hilarious. So you can just <laughs> play, play you Atari play on Atari. <laughs> don't do it while you're driving, but it's definitely uh, can there. Can you do that while you're driving? I don't think. I think you have to be in park. I think you have good, to be in park. Good, good. But um, <laughs> yeah. So there's a one of the headline makers was Mad Max mode. So a lot of self-driving features, but one in particular was before in my car. I could flip the blinker on, and it would automatically check the cameras, see if the lane is open and it would change lanes for me and turn the blinker off for me. Nuts. So that was pretty dope. Uh, now there's modes where you can choose how aggressive your self-driving is, and if you're <laughs> coming up on someone in a lane um, and it sees a car in front of you, it'll slow down. If you have Mad Max mode on, it will come up to the car in front of you and then <laughs> merge around it by changing lanes, speeding up, and going around that guy. So. Pretty legit. Oh, That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You can it, choose how aggressive your self-driving is. Mad Max, um, the new one, Fury Road, is a very good film. I recommend it. But um, the idea is like you're basically dominating the road, right? We're like <laughs> you're in the Tesla. You're trying to get around this person. And you just, well, the Tesla's completely silent. But you yeah. just rip, rip past them. <laughs> So you have my favorite thing. Yet. I haven't tried it yet, but that's a that's a hobby of mine. Is do you think people. that? And just for fun, Marquez, do you think mm -hmm. you're gonna get your roadster on time? Do I think I'm gonna get it on time? Do you think no. you're ever gonna get the roadster? As a <laughs> I, I think as long as Elon is in charge over there, I will cool. get my roadster as announced. That's been the most impressive part. A lot of people like to rip on mean? Tesla for being late, but they always deliver what they promise. That's another thing is like a lot of companies, they'll say, we're gonna give you this electric car with 200 miles of range. And it comes out and it has 150 miles of range. And you're like, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> so yeah. they've announced Roadster with all these ridiculous specs and everyone says there's no way they ever make that. Oh, that's I see, ridiculous. I, I think they've said they're gonna do it by 2020. I think they're gonna do it by 2022. December 20, whatever. It'll be late. Yeah. It'll be late, but if they deliver what they've promised, I don't care. Fair. Yeah. So you're you're holding out for it then still. Yeah, absolutely. And then you get rid of the Model S. I don't think I get rid of that. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, uh, you can't really daily as uh, <laughs> like that. It, it's going mean, to be you, you could. You could, but in New Jersey when the snow starts falling, that's oh, not that's a right, that's ideal. Right. Did you yeah. switch uh, wheels yet? Tires yet on the No, that's so I have winter wheels that I switch to like when it starts snowing. When it starts snowing. Yeah. Cuz Teslas don't handle super well in the snow, right? From what <coughs> I understand. Teslas do, but any car with low-profile 22-inch wheels and summer tires does not. True. So I get 19-inch uh, uh, winter, like high-profile like wheels that are much better in snow. Yeah. You are creating unknown number. I'm gonna screen this call. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, the person you're calling. I want to hear. Can I hear it? No way. Live on the podcast. Yeah. Google. Do I can't this. hear it, but I can see. Okay, it says it got to the end of the prompt. What does it say? Didn't answer. It's somebody just talking, so I'm just gonna hang up. <laughs> so you heard it through the speaker. Yeah. Did it? Did it work though? Yep. That's that crazy. It. That's so crazy. It's pretty great. So <laughs> you are you are creating with the red mostly these days, right? The camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hydrogen. Yeah. Helium? Um, the camera is the Epic. No, it's not. Uh, they changed the name. It's the Monstro. Red 8K. Monstro 8K. Sensor, yeah. All right. And 
all of your videos are shot for the most part on this. Yeah. And what is your process like on the computer to get footage on there to, you know, kind of organize footage and then what are you what are you making on? Yeah, uh so assuming you know, let's assume it's a normal talking head video, talking to the camera. Regular MKBHD video, sure. right? Yeah, uh, shoot everything. It's it's onto this little little mini mag SSD. Uh, How big? You choose. So it's a. I have a 960 gig, but there's also a 512 or whatever. It's but not. It's just a terabyte. Cool just a little, little terabyte, terabyte SSD, yeah, right? Sure. So when you're shooting, it's raw. All you really need to choose is your exposure and your shutter speed because you can't change that later. Okay. But I changed my compression ratio and then everything else can be changed later. It's on this SSD, plug it in, import all the data so I don't edit off an external drive. Now it's on the iMac Pro. And the iMac Pro is an SSD. iMac Pro is a four terabyte SSD Ooh. built in. You have a four terabyte SSD in there? Yeah. And so you have a lot of leeway for you know kind of new footage You would in and think, out. you would think. But I've shot some videos like there's a there's a backlog of videos at this point, and I have like less than 400 gigs left on that. So, oh which doesn't sound crazy, but so uh, just <laughs> but just before you continue, what is a what is a, a typical video in size look like for you? Almost a terabyte. Uh, I'd say between half terabyte and a terabyte. Okay. So all of the footage for an entire video, yeah, would went end up around there. All right. So then it's on your SSD. So now all the footage is on the iMac Pro internal SSD. I open up Final Cut and just all the footage from the SSD, so it can see it all. Final Cut can read red raw files and because of the plugin, et cetera. So you, you bring it all to the timeline, you lay it all out, and then you change the metadata to make it look the way you want. Hmm. So ISO, uh, specifically color, color temperature, tint, contrast, things like that, exposure. So you, you color get all. all of your videos then? Yeah. Huh. So you get all the shot looking the way you want. You edit everything. You get the sound together, and then oh, so you do exports out before you're editing. Depends on the video. Okay. Uh, a lot of reviews, I put the whole thing together, and then may adjust and tweak the timeline. Sure. And then once that's done, I color everything. But for like a Q and A, I just import it, sync with the audio, color it, and then cut it. So and you're it still you're still uh, Final Cut Ten. Yeah. Final Cut Pro, yeah. Final Cut Pro, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and on the iMac Pro. Yes. The, and that, you, the Space Gray one? Well, yeah, that's the only iMac Pro. <laughs> that is the only iMac Pro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's, so I recently switched to... You have the trash can. I had it, yes. So I, I used to, to always, when I went mobile for something, like the Apple event, for example, uh, have a, a MacBook Pro that I bring with me. Mm -hmm. uh, but that would always be like, I would, I would ingest everything, and I could edit somewhat smoothly and get everything done, but I would hit render at like... 5 p.m. and then go to sleep and then wake up in the morning and upload it hopefully it would be done by then because rendering transcoding 8k raw all the way down to 4k on a timeline on a macbook pro takes forever so like, like the literally last hours many hours wow. so What's the last the apple event in the uh, imac pro i mean oh imac pro yeah. so it's a xeon 18 core four gigahertz so i think it's the one that you have honestly in the yeah. main gear computer yeah it's, yeah it, that thing's a beast that thing rips so at the last apple event brought my iMac Pro oh to my California God. and it was 100% worth it because I put out two videos in one night could not have done that what is what is that length then what does that look like instead of six hours it's <clears throat> 20 minutes uh, oh to render yeah 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 uh, yeah it's about right 20 minutes wow yeah 
Wow, that is big a deal. massive, massive, massive big difference. difference. So I looked ridiculous, like lugging this gigantic pelican, In a pelican case, case from right? the airport or whatever. But, is it custom? Uh, pelican just, like, sells a. Uh, they have a bunch of different sizes that are like. Uh, like standard, but then you can get a foam cutout in that Pelican case specifically for an iMac. And so I did. And you can put the keyboard in and the mouse and whatever. So and you were effectively in that that guy that was not in a Starbucks, but basically you brought your- In the computer. hotel room. In the hotel room, yeah. <laughs> but, but worth it. Yeah, totally 100% worth it. worth it, yes. If Apple announces or shows off, because they, they promise, I don't know if you remember this, I think you do because you've been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. They were like, 2018, we're gonna fix the Mac Pro. It's gonna be modular. It's gonna be the best thing you've ever seen. 2018's about to be over. Yep. Are we seeing in this October event? No, <sighs> no we're not. We're gonna see it sometime next year, I think. Uh, you don't even think they're gonna, sh- like, remember how they teased the I think the technically, I think technically they said next year. No, they said next year in 2017. Is that right? Yeah, because I was still at Mashable back then, and we were one of the four publications that got it. And I was like, Lance, this is awesome. He was like, well, we'll see if it happens. And yeah. now here we are ne- next year. And So this is another one of the things like the Roadster where I just, just, just do it, guys. I don't really care if it's October or February next year or June. Just do it and I'd be mm-hmm. really happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all they're really promising is a modular Mac Pro. Yeah. Right? Like it what could does that be mean? twice as big as the current one. It could be a tower. It could be because I don't know. The the old remember the like the, the Power Mac G four? It was like towers, like huge, yeah. huge yeah. towers. Then Apple was like, No, we've created the best design machine and it's like the Darth Vader trash <laughs> can and honestly, like that tower was the best design you had computer one? ever i had a power mac mm-hmm. right before the called. yeah it was a long time ago but it was the same time i had this gigantic like dell xps tower and they were very similar actually in in size but thermally the new mac pro was a nightmare because it was so small it was mm-hmm. one fan mm-hmm. uh that gigantic uh tower you could do whatever you want and it would be fine so so you the, the question is you will you are you will buy whatever this mac pro is right yeah yeah for your as your new rendering machine for sure and i'm i'm hoping that it is just i hope because apple you think of apple like they always want to make it as quiet as possible and as small as possible at the expense of thermal problems eventually mm-hmm. uh we saw that with the the i9 macbook pro this year mm-hmm. they do that with everything but they've promised this mac pro for the pro user is going to be not a problem. Mm-hmm. I hope it isn't. But it's not like the, the the iMac Pro is like slow or problematic, right? iMac Pro is not slow. It just could be a little faster. Could be a little. It's faster. an iMac. What, what? What? How fast would Marquez? I mean, you want to see this go instantly, right? Boom. AK fifty five <laughs> second export for a ten minute. Video. I would love a real time a real time export. I love to export an eight minute video in eight minutes. That would be my fantasy. Huh. <laughs> but I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. And you're gonna stick with Mac right? Like Mac As OS. long as it's significantly faster. That's the other thing about uh, switching. Cause I've, I used to use Premiere yep. for a long time and I eventually switched to Final Cut Pro because, because it was faster on the same machine uh, than Premiere. I could switch back to Premiere right now, but there's a little bit of a learning curve I have to get back on. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of uh, missing plugins and some things I have to get used to. Yeah. Um, so even if Premiere got all the way down to the same speed as Final Cut Pro, it wouldn't be worth switching because of all those differences. So it would have to be dramatically faster for me to go back to Premiere. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be dramatically faster anytime soon. So for the foreseeable future, I'm a Final Cut Pro editor. Yeah. 
what do we go an hour already it's been an hour an hour and nine should we open up the floor I think we should open up the floor. I can't believe it's already been an hour. It's been yeah. some do, you, do you want to bookend the podcast first, or do you want to answer questions on the podcast? Um, I think if you're listening to this podcast, we could just read some questions, and we'll, we'll end the podcast after these questions. We'll do it live. All right. Cool. All right. Questions. You got, you're gonna have Which to, comes first? You're going to have to make... Mac Pro? Oh, Apple kills... It. Oh, yeah. Marquez, do you, think we're, do you think we're seeing air power? Because Google beat <laughs> Apple to the punch. I just want to make it very oh, clear. I have the wireless charger upstairs, the little charging pad. Yeah. Where's Apple's? So Apple's, uh, every time I see an update on it, it looks worse and worse. I, at this point, from what I've read, do not expect to ever see air power exist the way it did in that keynote. Um, but people are holding on to hope. So maybe I recently just got a nomad wireless charger that has three coils in it, but will use any two at once, depending on where I put the devices. So last night I charged my pixel and my iPhone next to each other on this charger and they worked fine. So, uh, then why is Apple having problems? I guess their excuse or the reported excuse was heating issues, the heating issues with the coils. And then the, the, the iPhone charging next to the, the, Apple Watch or I think it was the AirPods and yeah. had a communications issue. Yeah, One of them yep, wouldn't charge. They had that demo unit after the keynote and uh, it just didn't work. So it's tough. What do you expect to see at the upcoming Apple event? Asks <clears throat> Benjamin Twenty One. I think we'll see October. Yeah, iPad Pro, bezelless iPad Pro with uh, Face ID that you can use in landscape or portrait, but not upside down. <laughs> um, and yeah, it'll probably have the same. You think they'll put two cameras on that iPad Pro? On one side? Yeah, like this. Oh. Um, Dual camera system on an iPad Pro. Nah. Nah, I don't think nah, so. Nah, it'll have, it'll have the iPhone XR's single camera set up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how are the scratches on the back of your Pixel 3 XL? That was something I was... I'm going to hold off till the full review before I judge, but I guess the person asking saw my Instagram Live yesterday where yeah. I took it out of the box and within a minute had micro scratches mm-hmm. on the frosted back. If you're concerned about that, just get the white one. It won't show up Yeah, as much. I, I didn't see that at all. Yeah. But uh, this might be a skin it or lose it type of thing. I'm going to ask now for the Q&A. Zenex says, what do you prefer, the curved edge glass of the Galaxy phones or the flat glass of, of other phones? You know, it's interesting you say that because I feel like now everyone does these curved edges on the sides of phones now. Like I'm just looking yeah. at my iPhone here and it's like... Eh, no, it's not too round. It's they always say like two and a half D glass. It's a little, yeah, yeah. It's a little. Um, yeah. I think I think the Samsung phones look super dope. How it like bleeds over to the edge. Yeah. Do phones without notches just have one massive notch across the whole top of the display? I mean, in technically, theory, right? we're talking theory. notch theory here. Yeah. Theory, <laughs> notch theory. Yeah. Notch yeah. theory is the reality because yeah, they, those... gotta, they have to put some place to put the camera. So it's like, if you want to look at it that way, then yeah, just. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. I like to, I'm going to start saying that. I'm Do you think that a, that. that a company would opt to not have a front-facing camera in order to maximize screen space? I think at the no. Top? I think everyone needs a selfie I cam. think someone's going to do it, and then they're going to realize how dumb it is because everyone takes selfies. Yeah. I had this, uh, this vision in my head where someone built a, a, a modular top in the sense that like, just pop you it can, off. no, not pop it off, but you can flip it around. Oh, it was like a spring loaded thing where like, imagine you had nine cameras and then it's like, oh, you want that on the front? Boom, Boom. just turn it around. Okay, Google right now, Oppo N1. I did a review of the Oppo 
N1. Yeah. And that had a swiveling camera. Swiveling. Oh, I remember that. In the that. front. You yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. five years ago. Yeah. That was, so you could use like the back-facing, theoretically great camera, flip it around, it's your selfie camera. It's even that. better than a normal selfie yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I maybe, that's what it was maybe, called. maybe one day. Yeah. Um, I'm an Apple user, 10 is ridiculously, ridiculously expensive. Uh, I mean, the, the, this notion of like expensive phones, I don't think many people that are buying these phones anymore are going and buying the phones full price. Like the headlines love to say thousand dollar phone, but in reality, you're on uh, T-Mobile Jump, AT&T Next, Verizon, whatever it is, and you're leasing the phone. We have just moved from, you pay $199 for the hardware, you sign a two year contract, and then the device is yours to keep, but you're still paying your carrier money every single month. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're leasing the phone out, Apple has the um, Apple upgrade program, you pay, it's like, 50 something dollars a month with Apple Care. You're taking a loan out against the phone. You're taking a loan out against the phone and I just think like the like just stop complaining about the phone prices cuz they're not going to get cheaper like you yeah. have your cheap <laughs> flagships. So this they're clearly targeting the same people you talk about who pay like monthly for the phone or whatever. I think the people who complain about the phone price even more so are people who live in countries where they don't have that. So they specifically often buy a phone outright like in oh, Europe or gosh, Asia, yeah. where they constantly buy yeah, right. 400, 300, $500 phones because it's easier, that's just the way they do it. Uh, switch a SIM card in and out, kind of like I do, but they never like think about paying monthly for a phone. Yeah. So a $1,000 phone is ridiculous to that type yeah, of person. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I mean, like as, as like we live in the US and we get everything first here, for the most part, I would yeah. say, like yeah. in terms of like kind of, um, very mainstream tech stuff like the iPhone. We get it here first. Like yeah. Google Pixels, we have them kind of first. Um, okay, I think I think that's kind of it. We we went we went long. Um, anything else to add, Dylan? No, I think. Uh, what do you want the word of the podcast to be? Water bottle. Oh, if you sure, listen, if you yeah, listen. if you listen all the way. And shouts to the people that have been tweeting me. I get random tweets throughout the day that are like, couch. And I'm like, yes, you listened all the way to the end. So if you listen all the way to the end, just tweet me the word water bottle. I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Um, Marquez, thanks for coming. Thanks for hosting. Um, you have anything to add? Any yeah, plugs? subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MKBHD. Uh, but it's pretty, just, just pretty by show of hands, just for fun right now, I know we're still like recording the podcast, but... How many of you are subscribed to Marquez already? If there's not a 95 success rate, I will be shocked. But yeah, subscribe to Marquez. Marquez is MKBHD everywhere on the internet. That's correct. Right? Tw Twitter, Instagram. Google Plus. YouTube. Go rip Google Plus. Yeah, we yeah. didn't even talk about that. Well, <laughs> that's yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Marquez uploads regularly. Um, and I mean, you know who he is. Yeah, look, all these people, me, 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 subscribed, me, 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 yeah. Someone's gonna troll and just be like, who is yeah. this guy? Come uh, on. Marquez, <laughs> uh, updated studio tour soon? Let's do it. Cool. It looks pretty good. And there's like more to see now, right? Some, there's like a robot secrets. and everything. Right. It's pretty oh, sick. right, you got the uh, the light. I right? got the or robot, Kira. Kira's here. There's a, there's an anime um, called Death Note that Colin started watching, and the main character is called uh, Yagami Light. Right, and uh, <laughs> and Kira is. Did you meet Kira yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah so oh, Kira that. is the name of this robotic arm that Marquez has, and there's a character in one of the best anime ever called Kira. Anyway, wow. that's it for the podcast. <laughs> um, I can I can speak forever on this stuff. We should do an a anime episode at one point. <laughs> I, I was saying do a DVD DBZ, uh, DBZ episode, episode when that movie sure. comes out. Um, Marquez, thanks again. Thanks three six eight for uh, for letting us jam down here. Colin, thanks. 
who was down here? Miguel's down here. Shouts Miguel, Red, and Patrick for taking pictures. Dylan, my wonderful co-host in the Oreo Fives today. Marquez also shouts to the Jordans. You got silver ones. ones on today. I got my breads on. Um, and thanks for listening. If you listen to this live on the podcast, tweet me water bottle, rate us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for watching. Peace.